I didn't okay. either. Okay. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Uh, today is Tuesday, November 15th. We've got a bonus episode for, for everyone. We're sitting down live uh, with Jared Dusky and Pat Cheetah, the Watertown Red Devils Class C baseball team. Hello, <laughs> Hello, boys. Jared's the coach. Jared's the manager. Uh, Pat Pat Cheetah plays uh, center field and and pitches. And Andy and I are – we do a lot of following, uh, a lot of coverage here of Crow River baseball, all things Crow River. What we're going to do on tonight's show is do a 2022 season in review, kind of recap the season. Now – We'll tell the listeners as a heads up, 2021 Watertown went to the state, advanced to the final, and uh, that game in Waconia, uh, one of the best games from a personal perspective that I've ever witnessed is that uh, that 3 nothing loss to the uh, to the Sobieski skis. That, that was this group here. This was the Watertown, the skis, uh, beat them in one of the – many say the uh, best game they've ever seen, 1,500 people there. Uh, at the state tournament final, final. Very hard in Class C baseball to reach the Elite Eight, the Final Four. But, if, boy, if you can reach and put together a team that reaches the final is huge. Now, this season, Watertown advances, makes it to the state, and gets to the semifinals. Loses out, but reaches the Final Four. So I just want to bounce the first question off, off, off yourself, Jared. You know, what's it like? to reach the class C semifinals back to back years, very rare thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's awesome. With a group of guys, um, I think, I think it was a, um, a goal from the very beginning though. Um, to, you know, we got a taste the year before. Um, so our goal was, you know, we had one goal, common goal in mind and that was to win the whole thing. So, um, to do that, you got to, you got to go stage by stage. Um, the guys did a really good job, though, of taking one game at a time throughout the whole season, though. Um, even if we had a little hiccup um, or two throughout the season, um, they really pushed through the grind of, of summer. Um, when you're playing some of those non-competitive games, even, they knew we got to take these games seriously because, you know, um, later on, it's going to really count. So we need to be on our A game almost all the time because teams are gunning for us and teams want to play us tough. Yeah. And anything to follow up on that, Patrick? Yeah, I think I, I like looking at it a little bit differently. Um, he kind of touched on it a little bit, but you're through any sports season, you have to navigate like, you know, you have to navigate relationships. You have to navigate people's logistics, weddings, family events, um, there's even some, sometimes some parent issues. You didn't think you'd ever get that on in amateur baseball, but sometimes you get that. Um, and he, he just kind of alluded to that by saying, you know, you got to kind of take it week by week. Um, I think it takes leadership and, and thankfully we have some older guys with some really good leadership skills and tangibles. Um, and then we have young guys who are willing to put the team first. Um, and you really need that. It's, it's a lot of roles and, and, uh, responsibilities. It's kind of like, you know, you guys have seen it with the Astros. They just they Carlos Correa takes off and they they piece in another shortstop and he understands what their mission statement is and what they need to do on a day to day basis. Um, so yeah, I mean it it was an unbelievable run again and it's super exciting and it's something that you know you'll cherish forever and stories you'll have forever. But it is it's tough. I mean it's tough. We, we two years ago we lost to New Germany. New Germany is an up and coming team, so I'm not trying to talk anything I guess lower about them, but you're going to face some, some trials and tribulations. Um, and it just kind of takes a group of guys who really enjoy each other to find a solution to get through it. So I'm sure you guys have some trials and tribulations on this podcast with each other at times, but <laughs> there was the one time. That we didn't, yeah. Right. We right. <laughs> and with baseball so important uh, in the dugout too, in the clubhouse is that chemistry, the chemistry is so important, especially in these amateur teams. Uh, if you have that along with the talent, it, it, boy, it could really take you places. Now, uh, Andy, do you have any uh, questions for the guys be- before we go through the, uh, the state tournament breakdown? Like you said, the non the non conference game, not competitive game, like banana ball. If you have one of those games, or you have other events, to still stay focused afterwards. But how hard was it to stay focused when the Channel Nine game was here? You had to do all the pregame stuff. You had to set up everything. 
didn't get to be like Plato who got to be the visitor all the time. Well, did that take away from the game? Did it, was it hard to focus on the game to set up everything and dot all the I's, cross the T's for that game? Jared, you, you go first. I have a lot of thoughts on that too. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, um, so, I mean, that game was, I would say, a whole game before the game. So, um, I mean, we were setting up autograph sessions, uh, you know, different spots where kids can meet all the players, um, wiffle ball, all that stuff was all all coming into one there. Did we lose them? No, no. you're good. They're showing no, we're still here. I just had oh, a photo man. show of, of Andy with the uh, the Ryan Handgartner bear. <laughs> Handgartner State Farm bear. State Farm, baby. That's right. I got the Handgartner hat on today, too. I, I saw that. I saw that. Work. Jared, are you still speaking, or have we moved past you? Yeah. You go, Jared. Sorry. It's all fuzzy. Okay. It's, it's oh. trying to – Right. Hear you, it's Keep probably going. trying to catch up here with the video stream. We got four videos here going at the same time. Uh, give it a few seconds. Yeah, there they we go. They don't have good Wi-Fi out in Montrose, Minnesota. Uh, you in Montrose, there, huh? <laughs> How, how's it look now? Mine is all fuzzy. I'll okay. pop in. Yeah, that's fine. Well, Jerry the, figures it out. Um, uh, the the recording I mean, that the recording that goes out is on my end, so it's it's perfectly clear on my side. So if it does look a little fuzzy, just disregard it for the time being. Um, I'll, I'll kind of finish, I think, where Jared was going. Um, there, there were multiple – there was a game before the game. Um, so there was prep and set up for probably, I would say, a month, um, a really diehard month. But I know Brad and team – Brad Johnson is an unbelievable help to us administration-wise behind the scenes. Um, and then community members. Man, the Chamber of Commerce in Watertown was awesome. Um, we had so many people involved around the area. Uh, but Jared's right. There was a game before the game with all of the wiffle ball. And we wanted to make this experience something super special for all the kids uh, and community members and kind of put ourselves second. Um, and I think we did a pretty good job of that. Um, the kids that someone says there was around 3000 people there at one point. Um, it was a madhouse uh, running around with Fox nine with a, with a video camera through the little league games and the wiffle ball games. Um, and then having to do some different spots with Fox nine and interviews um, and then realizing that was Jared's one worry was that uh, we're going to forget that we have a ball game to win and it's a big ball game against a good Plato team. Um, right. And that was, that was a big worry of his. I think we did a good job. Kind of what I talked about earlier with, with the age and leadership um, we were able to get in the dugout prior to the game and kind of get locked back in, do your, your pregame ritual, whatever you needed to do. Um, and that kind of goes back. It's funny. You guys talked earlier about, the talent it takes to get to that final weekend. That's something I didn't, we didn't, Jared and I, neither of us even talked about um, because it's kind of become a given now and an expectation um, to be competitive in all of those games. But uh, with, you know, navigating the relationships with people, but also having the talent to do it. You guys made a good point. I forgot to, to kind of allude to that. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the Fox, the Fox nine town ball tour is what they call it for the, for the listeners. And they go, I think it's eight times a year during the summertime on, on typically a Wednesday night and, and go to a small town, take in the, uh, the, the city, some of the small city businesses, establishments, and then they uh, focus on the game. And, and it really becomes a, a small town carnival atmosphere, kind of a county fair event for, for an evening. And, and, and there's ice cream to be had and, and, and you know, pronto pups and, and burgers and the whole deal. And you guys did a really good job at that. Andy and I were there. We covered, uh, covered the game. And the event, and, and had a lot of candidates, and, and, and took a lot of photos. Uh, besides, he's also had various past trophies on display, and some of the old historical things there in the pavilion as well. Yeah, we're glad you guys stopped up. One of you, you know. Yeah, it was. It was fun, you know. Yeah, you know, walked up there beforehand, caught all the pregame stuff best I could. Um, it, now, for that, how long ago did you know, like a year in advance, before that was coming up? Have they I set out next year's schedule? Well, they, you they, all? Yeah, I think they give you – Jared, when, do we, when were we informed? I thought it was like late fall, early winter. Yeah, I mean, I would say – I would say a little bit after, like, Christmas, uh, we got the email and I I messaged uh, my dad and Brad Johnson right away because um, they were basically saying, uh, hey, are you interested? Very short to the point – email hey are you interested i'm sure they're expecting everyone that they email to say yes so um you know with the news program like that it's kind of 
they just give you short stuff until it's like a week or two before because everything's changing for them too. Um, so they let us know probably, I mean, we probably had five, six months with notice, but, you know, it took that long to get pull everything together. Um, and Brad Johnson had a lot to do with that. Um, my dad, we had chamber, all that stuff. Everyone came to together to um, put on kind of a show. So I suppose this and time of a year. Great show too. Good job. What's that, Andy? You did a great job. Everybody pulled together and just discussed yeah, in town that week beforehand. Everyone yeah, was going thank to you. S- yeah. smooth, I thought. Yeah. From, it's, it's, from a citizen point of view. Takes a village. It takes a village. From a fan perspective, it was oh, yeah. very good. Good times. They do a really good job at that. And like what Jared said is I'm guessing right about now they're they're lining up their dates and their logistics for the 2023 season to get those going. That's that that program has really taken off and it really draws a lot of fans. It's really good for the baseball uh, community. All We're right. telling them to run it back. What's that? We're telling them to run it yeah. back. Yes, yeah, that would be awesome. Do it again. It is. It's it's a fun stuff that they. It's fun stuff that they do. Now what I've got here, gentlemen, is uh, I've got a, a five year. Uh, a deal here. If you can see, the, hopefully you can see this. I'll bring it up here. Here's the five straight years. If we go back to five years, uh, if you can see it, 2018. And if you can't see it, I'll, I'll read it off to you. Uh, yep. 2018 oh, yeah. wrapped up, went 0-2 in the Region 7C tourney. Yep. Uh, and there's, you know, it's double elimination in the region. And in the Crow River, many say it is one of the toughest or the toughest tournament in the state of Minnesota. Uh, we'll get to that here in a, in, in a minute as far as one of the toughest uh, competition to groups. Now, 2019 went 0-2 in the in the 7C tournament. So now you get back-to-back years where you're, you know, 0-4. And, and I'd like to run that by by Jared. What What's the feeling then? You were, I think, the the second seed. There's a there's a number two seed jinx, you know, to some extent in the Crow River, but boy, um, how is that emotionally to to go two straight and then your season ends just like that? Yeah, I think every year you go into that tournament knowing uh, your season could end at that tournament because it is so tough. Uh, whether you're a one seed or an eight seed. Um, I forget uh, where that region was at. I can't really see the documents you guys have up. Okay. Um, but uh, it doesn't yeah, have a location. Oh, it don't. Um, I mean, it just as a two seed, you're expecting, you know, for sure to win one game that first weekend. Um, for a while there, the mindset was um, hey, let's win one out of two. Just let's split this weekend and let's get to the final weekend. Um, and go with our ace. Um, I'm pretty sure Pat is the ace at that time. Correct, Pat? I mean. Oh, um, you mean that that has changed? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it had to be, right? Like, we did, I mean, we rode, we rode Pat every game. It, it was almost um, between him and Justin Coles. It was, you know, decision who pitches game one or do we save for game two? Like, uh you know, some teams have gambled with in the past. So, um, you know, we were trying to win one game out of the two. And I think mentality's kind of changed now where it's, hey, let's let's get two this weekend and, uh, you know, clinch clinch first weekend. Yeah, yeah. to, to advance to state, uh, for the listeners out there not familiar with it in the region tournament here, you really just need to win two before you lose two to advance. This region takes four and takes four teams to the state tournament, which is a, a, a tough. This Region 7C is tough. Then you get into 2020, finish second in the region, go to state, go one or one, and, and you get bounced out. How was that going to state the, in, in 2020 for that season? Uh, Jared, go ahead. Oh, um, so that was, that was the first year, right, 2020. So, um, yeah, I mean, ecstatic to make it. Um, we celebrated hard. We were um, happy to make it, but we also knew we had to play well now that we made it. Um, so it was, um, it felt like, you know, off of our shoulders, the weight was off our shoulders. Um, we climbed that ladder. We made it um, out of a very tough, tough uh, tournament there in 7C. So we knew we were battle tested too going into that, that opening weekend um, of state there. And then 2021 was the uh, uh, the, the jackpot uh, there. Even though you finished third in the region, 
You go on to the state tournament in 2021, uh, rip off five wins, and then lose in the finals. Uh, Pat, tell tell us your thoughts on what it was like as as a as a member of that squad, uh, going to those yeah. earlier games, winning those earlier games, and then getting all the way to the championship game that goes extra innings in front of a full house on a on a perfect gorgeous day. <laughs> it's one of those where you you'll never forget, but I really want to forget. Um, so I would I want to touch base quick on the 2020 um, because that did like Jared said that felt like a, an immense relief for all the years that we've been close um, we've won losing one run ball games in, in region games to uh, in state qualifying um, settings and then finally getting it but yeah 2021 um, you know the 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 thing that I said or the statement that I said earlier about it takes a village um, against that midway team. Um, in that first game, we needed uh, a Jadrian Kiwi, one of the bottom guys in our order, who's a phenomenal defender um, and sometimes can really get on a roll with the bat, hit a one-run bomb to um, kind of get the ball rolling, and the mo- the, uh, the momentum really never stopped. Um, so it was kind of a an unexpected uh, run and an unexpected, uh, well, home run, but uh, a little bit of a juice from the bottom of the order, and that brought us all the way through. Um, we... We have the arms to get us where we need to be, but sometimes you need that experience. You know, they say that with young teams in all different levels, college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, whatever. Um, it really takes an experienced group. Um, and I, I feel like once we got, we were in a tough ball game in 2020 that I still think we could have won um, against a really good Isanti team. And then 2021, we were kind of battle tested. We've known what we need to do. Guys understand what the strategy needs to be. You know, you need to go the other way, understand to get a bunt down, make smart defensive plays. Um, so, yeah, it was honestly kind of a blink. You you blinked and we were in that state championship game against Sobieski. Uh, the game against Watkins was pretty wild. Um, we 10 run Milroy on that Sunday morning. Uh, there was just guys, it, just like you guys know, getting to watch sports and, and getting to watch amateur ball for so long. It's unexpected guys who step up. And all of a sudden, like, for example, on 2021, Jake Anderley, an outfielder for us, who, who probably was around, hitting around 225 all year, had an absolute massive state tournament, was an all-state or a state tourney team member, hit the ball, hit, hitting the ball off the fence all over the place. Um, and so guys like that really, really can spark things. And what a run, man. It was awesome. Um, I still have a – this is cheesy, but I have a uh, – Michael Jordan has that quote that says, you know, I've taken – 20, 27 times I've, I've attempted a game-winning shot, and I've failed in all 27, and for that I succeed. Um, I'll never forget in that 21 state tournament, um, bottom of the ninth, game-winning run on second base. Actually, I think on third base, and I strike out. Um, and then you fast forward one more inning, and I come in to relieve, and I bounce a ball, and a guy scores. It was just like a house of cards falling, and um, for the years and hard work that I put in, it just felt like – you know, for lack of a better term, that it felt like it wasn't fair. Uh, but that's the beauty of this game. And then, thankfully, this past year, we were able to do it again and make a run. And um, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But, yeah, 2021, what a, uh, a memory that you'll never forget. But, obviously, you want to forget a few a few different parts of it. And you had, a, you know, the great draft. You are able to get uh, uh, Prane, uh, Adam Prane coming in there to pitch as well. And, yes. and what I remember most of, of that season compared to this season is your pitcher, Holt Hunsinger, uh, you know, very good, very good starter. But, boy, 2022 comes along, and now you get an ace. Uh, and I don't know what the development was there and, and how he developed into the pitcher that he is, is now but the end of the season Crow River Awards come out, Holt's named the pitcher of the year, and he's in some tough company in this division uh how, how has he matured as a uh, as a frontline starter jared um i mean not only is he in tough competition in the league he's in tough competition in our dugout um we have like four guys that think they can be should be the ace which is awesome uh and they're fully capable of doing that um pat cheetah being one of them um but holtz i mean he came from his first year with us his nickname was wild thing for a little bit. Like he threw he hard struggling. and he didn't, he, he was struggling. He, it could have been nerves. He's a new guy in town. He's, he's huge. Like, you know, he's trying to throw as hard as he can. Um, 
you know, people are starting to show up because we're starting to win games. So the bigger crowd, um, you know, and he closed for us because, you know, we've got a lead and then let's, let's throw Holt and, you know, um, have him try to close it down for us. And then we got a little bit better the following year. We were like, we're not utilizing him enough. We're not, that's when we were starting to win games by five, six to eight runs and not using him to close. And I didn't want to waste him in an eight run game. And then he'd go a week or two without throwing. And, you know, so we were like, let's start him. And um, it kind of, you know, molded into um, a heck of a starting pitcher. Um, and he wants the ball, which is awesome. He wants his couple days rest and he messages me and said, you know, what days, what days am I getting the ball and I'll, I'll be ready. Well, you've got a couple, uh, other great pitchers there that came from, uh, St. Cloud state Huskies with Zach Eiton, Matt Butler. Uh, you know, you've got some good, good, but boy, the, the whole, the year that he put together. Uh, was unreal and so basically looking at this slide you, you finished second in 2020 in the region third and um, you go all the way to the to the finals and then you finish first win it and then you get into the semifinals. so you're still playing labor day weekend that's still the goal but look at the record uh at state you add those three up you're really 10 and three oh. in the last three years that's a 10 and three win loss record against the top teams in region uh state state class c which is really what we focus on here we, we've talked about it before in town ball baseball there's some attention on class a there's some attention on class b class c is where it's at uh, as far as the fans the crowd and the number of teams out there it's just it's just this it's the sweet spot everyone loves that so good job there good job 10 and 3 last three years that's nothing to uh yeah that's a crazy stat i didn't realize that, that. that's we, we we try to you know, we try to promote uh, information here on the podcast. <laughs> we try to get this out, breaking info. But it's it's a ten and three record, and ten wins in three years at the state of Minnesota in Class C is is nothing to sneeze at. So let's go game by game, gentlemen, if you will. Now, Andy, Andy, feel free to chime in. I know you're wearing the Ryan Hat Gartner hat there. <laughs> I don't I got my Ryan Hat in hand. I've got no problem wearing your stuff. So yeah, we'll send stuff. You'd send it. I got no problem pushing it now. Send it to Legends on Main in Watertown. You'll get it to me and I'll wear it on show. That's no problem. Um, you, you said this, and I'm not saying this to be a kid's up, but Jared, you've got to have an easy job. You've got smart players on your team. I mean, guys who know the game who aren't just great athletes, but they know the game. They know what they're supposed to do. That's got to so, make your Sometimes job they easy. do. Sometimes. Ah. Ah. <laughs> No, no, uh, I, I do, I do, I, I have ball players, um, and that that all starts honestly in a couple months. We're we're uh, we're in the cages. We're we're talking ball. Um, our our guys love the game, and that's kind of what's cool about it. Um, you know, if someone's having an issue or someone has a question, it gets asked and um, it gets tossed around between people that know what they're talking about, and it gets figured out and. Um, the knowledge kind of flows around that way. That's what's great with our team, the camaraderie and the, the family-style atmosphere we've created over the past couple of years. Now I've got the uh... – Yeah, it just seems you guys are just having fun. It is. It's fun stuff. Now on the crawl at the bottom, you can see the Red Devils won 16-2 and two conference in 2022. That's huge. Once again, this is what I would personally call my – this is my opinion, Crow River, probably the toughest – conference in the state of minnesota for class class c 16 and 2 is unbelievable so well job well well done there good job so you advance to the tournament you go to the region 7c you win it you advance to the third straight year to the state which gives you that first round buy what well, gives you a first round buy so you're you got a week off to sit and watch see what happens second round you come in and beat the cold spring rockies six to four you're going up against austin duffner Alex Geislinger. Uh, I mean, those those two in that first game combined for a seven of the team's eight hits for the Rockies. Those two alone. And so for you guys, Zach Eiton goes four for five. Matt Butler goes three for five. Pat Cheetah, two for three, both doubles. Holt Hunziger gets the win. 
Cheetah gets the save, and you guys advance to the next round, beating the Rockies. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, uh, Pat. Yeah, so we were actually at that game. Um, they beat New York Mills. That's right. New York Mills on that first weekend, and we all went down to watch and scout, um, and they came up out of the gates hot, um, balls off the fence, balls down the line, balls on a, on a hard rope. Um, so I, I, I don't want to say we were intimidated, but we were – understanding that we really needed to be ready. I mean, these guys, and they come from a Stearns County area where baseball is predominantly always very good. That'd be the one argument, I think, in in regions where these guys really can compete. I mean, look at our state championship this year. Um, so, you know, we were, we were fully aware and ready. Um, and then we kind of just, we were reaching out to a, different, a few different individuals in the area who knew some of their, uh, their tendencies and where we needed to pitch certain guys um and where you know and then understanding what we need to do what their lefty tendency is um get on him early you know there's there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and you know two you know, we're talking two strike counts to some of these guys where do they not like the ball how, how close is guys understand of the play you know things of that nature um that when you get to that level like you were talking about earlier smart ball man there's 15 guys in our dugout who we could sit for hours and hours and talk strategy of you know, this kid likes to play the ball there. Where we should, where should we play our third baseman in this spot? Where should our left fielder be? Um, so yeah, we were ready. I mean, they, they had a heck of a showing in that first week. That was pretty impressive. It's almost one of those things where it's like, did you use too many bullets in the gun? You know, I don't, but <laughs> it could have been. That's a that's a good group of ball players there. Yeah, Duffner's always tough. The Geislingers yeah. uh, always always tough. Any any comment on that, Jared? Yeah, I, I got disconnected for a second, but I feel like maybe that was a little bit of a difference from last year to maybe the first year we went. The, the you know, digging into who are we going to play, the game plan, the, you know, the stuff now I love doing. That's my favorite part is who we playing, you know, what can I find out, the spray charts, all that. That's kind of the fun part for me as a coach because I can't play. I'm not playing anymore. So the information that I can give to prepare my guys um, makes me feel like I have a little part in it too. But, you know, the first year you go, you're just going, you get your little bit of research. Um, but years, you know, as you add on the years, it's you learn little, little things where you can find stuff, um, you know. So that's a fun part about it. Um, but, yeah, the, the Rockies punch us in the mouth in that first inning. Um, so it was all about how we responded. Uh, and I believe, Pat, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think we scored three right away in the first and left the bases loaded yeah. with no outs, right? I mean, yep. I mean, yep. we should have we put up a sixth spot probably in that first inning. So they punched us in the mouth. We came back with three, but we also went back to the dugout thinking, man, did we miss an opportunity here? Are they going to put up three more? Um we don't we haven't seen Holt give up like that first inning runs like he did. So it was a little like, you know, is he gonna bounce back? And he did. He uh you know, that first inning and he, he went after it after that. It's one of those things you guys said earlier about the whole the year that Holt had and who he's kind of become and morphed himself into. Um, even guys who who play behind him, you know, me standing in center field seeing Holt get beat up in the first inning, you know, we're looking at left and right saying, what the hell is going on here? You know, what, does he not have it? Is something wrong? Did he get broken up with last night? You know, what, what the heck happened? <laughs> well, um, the week layoff too. I mean, right. we yeah. Yeah. Layoff. So, so I will say that I, I, now that I've been on a few different teams, um, I've been lucky to be drafted by quite a few teams when we weren't making it. Um, and the, the, the week off is, is definitely takes a toll on a team. Um, with the momentum, with seeing live at bats, um, just just the simple fact of playing and competing. Um, so I have seen. I, there's some stat out there. You guys are our numbers guy. Isn't there some stat where there's like the team that gets a buy actually only wins like 52 percent of the time or something? Isn't there some stat out there right now? The uh, it could. And yeah, that's could about be, that. Yeah. Okay. That, that could be. We'll get get our intern on that. But you know, the, you the teams with the buys are the teams that won the region. Um, so the only teams right. getting the first round buys are the champions, and so there right. might be something to do with that. But boy, that's uh, 
if you think that's it's nice to get that buy to get on, but you get that week off and it may have an impact, an adverse impact. Who knows what it is? Well, now you, no, um, we're not suggesting, we're not saying dog it next year and get second place. So you don't get a buy. I'm not saying that. Okay. Just, well, when we, got third, we, when we got third, we made it to the finals. So maybe there's something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well. well, when you get that buy, you're left with a tough decision. Do you play? Do you play that week that you have off? Do you risk injury? Do you do you right. risk a dead arm, or do you practice and half the guys show up? Um, you know. Yeah, usually uh, you, you schedule a game in there in between time, right? Usually, sometimes, and then other teams. We didn't this year. Um, we basically scrimmaged and did live BP because, you know. I felt we were mentally prepared for what we were going into. So um, if guys wanted to get the work in, we did a the live VP because we have a lot of arms. So yeah. we could pitch those other guys and uh, see some live arms going too. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think good... sometimes with those games, with those scheduled games, and it's no um, negativity to whoever you do end up at scheduling, but when a game like that really doesn't matter, I just feel like your at-bats are different. Your your tendency and, and right. competitive level on the mound is different. You know, it's just different. So sometimes I almost feel like it's it's not even worth your time at this at this stage. You know, now that I'm getting older, I just feel like it's. I'd rather just see live arms. We get to compete, get our work in the cage, do what we need to do. Yeah. So we had that cold spring game, man. They came out and punched hole right in the mouth, and we were scared. <laughs> I'm sure. Now let's go yeah, to the next and- round. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andy. Well, I was gonna say. If you practice, then do you use your drafted pitchers then to see what they really got? Would that be a reason you'd want to have an uh, exhibition game or practice game if you had the buys and see what your drafted pitchers have? Make sure they're you still loose. Huh? Yeah, you guys saw our draft this year, right? <laughs> yeah. I we drafted the Winston boys to help me. Three boys from Winston that might not throw combined over eighty miles an hour. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's. It also, yeah, it adds it adds to the mix of uh, when do you bring these guys in? You have Adam Prane two years ago, and uh, it's a it's a it's a tough job for the manager to get the an already tough staff, and then you get right. three more additional guys. And, and what do you use? Right. How do you use the, them? The, the Winstead guys were great. Uh, I'm I'm very happy with the decision to take those Winstead guys. I think a lot of our team would agree. Um, they they were in every game. They were picking up stuff that. I wasn't. If I had a question, you know, going to them was awesome too because they were going to give it to me how it was and what they saw. And they're watching from a manager position too in their dugout. Um, So even if I didn't go with what they were saying, it was awesome to bounce an idea off of them rather than someone maybe that's in the game that could have a different opinion because it's biased. Um, so they, those those three guys were awesome. Um, um, so you know, having them in the dugout was a uh, was a was a nice nice add. All right, all right. Here we go. Next next round. Yeah, next round. Yep. Now you go out to Webster. You face the Webster Sox. The Webster Sox, who got a lot of press as kind of a Cinderella team, uh, kind of a dar- the darling of the tournament, if you will. You go in and beat them four to one. Pat, you get the win. Matt Butler gets the save. Now, this time, combined for 13 strikeouts and hold Webster to only three hits all game long. And these guys now are pulling, you know, Webster's starting to pull from Lakeville North, Lakeville South guys. Yeah. Uh, they got uh, Pete uh, uh, Vitti, Vitti from Lakeville North. Their yeah. Pitcher. Um, yeah, he's, a, he's a stud. He's yep. a stud at Winona State. So, there are no slouches, these guys. And how was that game, Pat, when you uh, uh, studied up on these guys to, to, be, to be the starter? Yeah, so um, a few different pieces to this. What you had said with, with all the publicity they were getting, um, it, it added a little bit of intimidation because, you know, is there, are they exactly, are they the darling? Is, is there going to be anything that I can possibly do to stop the darling from winning, you know? Um, so there was a little bit of that. And then a lot of local reach outs, trying to figure out who some of these kids are, back to the tendency piece. Um, and then it's another thing too, you know, I, I have the fortunate uh, ability to be a left hand, to be left-handed. And so sometimes guys don't see a lefty slider or a lefty curveball as often. Um, and then a little bit of maybe a, a lefty two seam that they don't get to see that frequently. So 
I, I like to kind of adjust on the fly. Coming into that game, I didn't know a ton about the kids. I knew that that righty on the mound was a stud. He could throw the heck out of it. Um, and he's kind of their most dangerous bat as well. And they got a lot of guys that are super scrappy in the lineup. who are going to flick balls around, get deep in counts. Um, so you got to take care of them and get first pitch strikes as often as you can. Um, and I'm a big believer now being in coaching um, and being in the coaching side of the life um, and then having a dad who coached me, I really like to adjust per every at-bat. So if I come out, um, I remember in that first at-bat against that righty, um, he, he was the three-hitter. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, but he'll be a household name here soon, uh, the one on the state kid. I remember I got in on his hands with a couple fastballs, and I remember he did not have any idea where the slider was. Um, and so, you know, you take that into your mind, like, okay, maybe I can start him then with a slider next at-bat. I can go a change-up away. Um, so that was a team where um, – because they were so young, I could tell probably about by about the third or fourth that um, there wasn't a ton of adjustments. There wasn't a ton of um, strategy or understanding of maybe who I was. Um, whereas if you reverse and when we played Isanti, um, I'm blaming YA for this because I just have to. Uh, I think Isanti knew every pitch that I've thrown in the last 10 years of my life. I think they know my spin rate. I think they know where I sleep at night. But I think it was because, you know, like I said, they did their research. And I think the YA Cardinals handed it to them. But whatever. That's the beauty of it. The same um, metrics. Yes. yes, right. I right, digress. Right. Yes, I digress. But, um, yeah, I, I, it was almost, you know, and then they actually fought back. Uh, I can't remember what the score was. It was maybe two to one. Um, later into that game, uh, he made an awesome play off the mound on a Ben Smith bunt. That would have been a base hit. Um, and then we kind of just scratched and clawed. And then Matt Butler, who's got depth on his curveball of about 72 inches, I don't think he's touchable when he's on and his arm feels good. Um, so I actually think he came in. I don't remember when we brought him in, but I don't think he – I think he struck everyone out he faced. So I thought I had a good night on the mound, and then he comes in and embarrasses me. So um, I yeah, think he even one extra. Yeah, it's fun to be able to hand the ball off to a guy like that. And we have a ton of guys like that. Yeah, Lewis throws 92 miles an hour and, you know, combined 13 cool. strikeouts against a good Webster Sox team. Very young, right. good group. Uh, now, Pat, three for four, two doubles, two RBI, a walk, and two runs scored. You accounted for all the runs uh, offensively. You accounted for all the runs. Tell me a little bit more about uh, how, how you were at the plate, how you felt at the plate that day. Uh, I guess if it was a one-word answer, it'd be comfortable. Um, it kind of goes back a little bit to that, that at-bat against Sobieski um, in Waconia um, throughout, you know, everyone's got to be, whether you're playing a pro sport or not, there's an off season, right? And when you're off season, you're mentally getting prepared. You're physically getting prepared. You're, you're remembering things you need to work on. Um, and so pretty much throughout the whole season last year, I had a memory of how brutal the ending was. Um, I was just comfy, man. I just, it felt really good. My balance felt really good. My pre-pitch routine was really comfortable. I was able to put the ball kind of the left or right, any any gap I kind of needed to where he was throwing it. Um, and then I had – we'd done kind of our scouting report. We heard what he liked to go to in big counts, um, and that obviously helps then. Um, and then just fighting off. I think actually two – I think actually both doubles were with two strikes, um, and I needed to just widen out the stands and throw my hands, and um, thankfully got lucky enough to put the ball where I needed to. And Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Things were clicking. Um, and I was comfy, but I'm grateful for that because I know how often and how hard it is to do and how throughout next year it could be different for me. So, yeah. Any, any thoughts, Jared, on that Webster game from uh, from your perspective? Yeah, um, Pat Pat was in the zone. Um, when he pitches, um, especially he's, he's really locked in. Um, I guess maybe ask you guys, like, I don't know if they expected Pat to pitch that game. Um, they just saw Holt the weekend before. So, you know, the the toss-up of who we're going to pitch, and then Pat rolls out, who knows who they thought was going to roll out there. Um, Correct. Yeah, you're, you're, you're facing these one these each this week, week in, week out um, games one at a time. You're probably going to be expecting the AC chime, and maybe that's what they did do. Um, right. right. Um, we were kind of, I mean, right when that – That was a discussion up until, like, when did we play Friday. Friday? That was a discussion up until Thursday at like 9 p.m. So right. maybe that was uh -huh. it. Yeah, that's a Friday 7.30 game there in Faribault. And uh, boy, maybe that's what they thought. So yeah. some for some behind-the-scenes info, I mean, Holt and Anson weren't even at that game. Okay. Uh, so if they were pitching, 
yes, they would have been. We kind of, when I got that bracket, I knew it was going to be a little bit of a tough road. We were, we were the home home team for that first game against Cold Spring. We had, we were the away team. Uh, right. Every game after that, the the brutal part about it, the, the part that kind of set it off was we played that Sunday night against um, Cold Spring. We had to bounce back Friday, Friday night. Um, so Holt, I'm usually giving six to seven days rest. Okay. Um, so it kind of made the decision, you know, we're going to roll with Pat, which I'm fully confident. Pat's won a ton of big ball games for us. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of surprise factor, I guess they played on Sunday too. And they threw that same kid. Um, so behind the scenes stuff, uh, that no one really sees the fun part about it. Yeah. I mean, it went to probably Thursday of talking and trying to figure out who we're going to throw. Uh, I text Pat said, Hey, you want the ball? He immediately said, hell yes. And, and, uh, that was the game plan on that. Um, the scouting report on them, uh, we kind of knew a little something later in the game that was going to happen, and it did. Um, probably in the whenever we scratch cross was up, other couple runs, we knew coming back from a Sunday he was going to wear down about a certain point, um, and and that's kind of what happened. We just stayed patient at the plate. We kept on preaching it. Uh, you know, so even those guys that were starting to struggle at the plate against that kid, you know, stay patient and it's going to click. And uh, it finally did. So that was awesome. Now, if I remember from the from the uh, selection show when they announced the brackets, I think it was Webster. They kind of said, hey, this is the 2021 Red Devils right here. This is the team to watch. They might sneak through. Right. So when you're yeah. watching the selection show and you're hearing everybody else sing everybody else's praises, do you kind of make a little asterisk by that game going, We'll show you who's Cinderella, baby. Did you kind of know the games? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's just kind of have to. Side. You know, like, think about it right now. Like, we get to play an amateur sport, talk with you guys. Like, how cool is this? You know, we get to prepare in offseason. We get to prepare in big at-bats. You know, like, this is just like people playing men's league and all that stuff. But it gets to matter because all of a sudden the communities are behind you and there's 1,500 people at a game and you're still competing at a pretty high level with guys who are playing current college ball. I mean – Right. Yeah, so there was the competitive side of it that, yeah, we were going to try to squash these dudes as, as quickly as we possibly could. There was a little chirping going they, on. Me, me they played a hell of a game, though. I mean, yeah. they brought it. It's tough. Oh, yeah. And that they come from the DRS. Now that DRS league, along with the Stearns County, are the next two, I think, along with the Crow, we're, those, those three toughest leagues in the state of Minnesota, I believe. Yeah, I would agree with that. So fourth round, now you face Bird Island. Play the Bullfrogs in the fourth round. You win 3-2. Hunziker gets the win. Matt Butler the save. Now you're going up. Uh, Cheetah goes two for five with a run scored. You're facing drafty in the bullpen, Josh Kingery, that game. Now he's pitching for these guys. Uh, he's an Atwater trucker, gets drafted, goes on to become the alternate pitcher, uh, makes it to the alternate team, named to the alternate team with the most strikeouts in the state tournament for Class C. Uh, what was it like going up against uh, this gentleman? Yeah, so they actually – so they started that game with a big lefty, uh, one of their own. Um, and I guess I kind of forgot to – this is something I, I meant to mention against Webster is a really hard-throwing righty can really beat up on righties that don't see a lot of velocity all the time. And so what happens then is us lefties really need to try to make up for that because if it's a hard-throwing lefty, we need the righties to make up for it, you know, Lefty, lefty, and righty, righty is just a tougher combo. Um, and so this big lefty came in and kind of had us lefties um, looking a little bit goofy, a little bit uncomfortable. He was able to move the ball in the outside half of the plate. Um, and so we struggled early against these guys. When we got the pressure, God, when did Kingery come in? I'm trying to remember. But we got some pressure. I think we got a bunt or two down. We made him have we to were, feel this position a little bit. I think we were first and third, Pat, because didn't just – talking to you here didn't you come over to third base it was you and ben smith on the base pass yeah and yeah, i said right. what are we gonna what are we gonna do with ryan hangarner here yes that's right are we so, gonna are we gonna bunt and ben smith said i think we let the guy who's been clutch in these situations swing the bat yeah and ryan hangarner delivered i believe that was the, that was the yep, i got a hit yeah ben smith got a bunt hit so we were on first and second this was an eighth and then Kingery comes in. He's just throwing gas in the bullpen. He's throwing gas on the mound. The kid's an absolute freak show. 
and he's only like five nine, and he throws gas. He's a stud, um, and he comes in, and that was what we were thinking in my mind. The the two steps ahead approach is well, he's going to blow the ball by Ryan. Sorry, Ryan, but he's going to blow blow the ball by Ryan, and we're going to let this kid eat us alive. Well, Ryan shows up, and we you know Ben Smith trusts his gut, and we agree on it, and he hits a rope in the right center gap, and and we both score, I think, and yeah, I. You're right. I think something 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 happened there where I think it did a butler someone bunted someone did something that I think you guys someone was at third. So I don't know where that happened, but yeah, King I believe I, mean, I could they, be off on that. The the vibe of that game all the way through. So finally we broke through in the eighth, but the vibe of that game was just a little dead. Um, our in and out was dead. Um, I think it was a Sunday morning ish game. Uh, if I remember right, was it was an eleven o'clock game. Eleven o'clock. Yeah, so it was kind of dead. I just remember being in the dugout. We didn't have a good vibe going. Sometimes we bring a speaker to try to kind of wake the guys up because I just know how some of these old guys get and how these young guys get. Sometimes they're a little too cool. We need to try to increase the vibe a little bit, try to wake these guys up. I remember that one just being kind of a quiet game. Um, and all of a sudden, you look up at the scoreboard, and it's the seventh, and we're down um, to a team. Bird Island's really good. Um, but I, I ultimately thought we were a better team. Um, and so you look up in the eighth and it's like, holy shnikes guys, we got to get going here. Um, and yeah, we just, like we said before, we need guys, if you're going to win big games, you got to have guys all through the lineup, get big hits. So, um, whenever we can put pressure on teams and take pitches, get walks, get hit by pitch. Um, it's massive. And that, I believe, I believe he threw, was it the day before he, or two days before? He like threw a, every game, I think. Yeah. He threw an ungodly amount of pitches too. Like, so every time he went down to the bullpen, we were like, is this kid coming in? Like, one, it was like, oh, is he coming in? Because we need to score before that happens. Yeah. Um, well, I think that he was in that 21-inning game. Yes. Yes, he was. He had a no-hitter through 10, I believe. Yeah. Yep. And so a lot yep. of innings. Now, Andy, if you're familiar, uh, Josh Kingery, his father was Mike Kingery in the pros. Right. Yep. Mike played Kingery. the for a while. Yep. Yep. Wasn't and I believe pitcher. he wasn't a pitcher in the pros, but he played pro ball, so – it's interesting when Josh came along, and, and the guy's only 20 years old now, but a, yeah, a shorter yeah. guy, stud, pitcher, and you guys got over the hump, eked out a one-run win, and what that did was send you to the state semifinals, you know, second second straight appearance in the semifinals. You go up against the Buckman Billy Goats. Now, this game, you throw Anson. Anson comes in to start. Anson Dulas? Dulas. Dulas. He yep, was 5-0. and oh coming in on the season now you got you got holt is your ace pat pat you're also up up there and you get matt butler in the bullpen and you get anson who's five and oh now he he has two of his wins this season out of his five were against delano that was ranked number two at the end of the year yep. and Maconia that was ranked number right. eight Yep. Two of his team's wins were against top 10 Class C-ranked teams. So Buckman gets to him early. The Buckman Billy Goats get to him early. Uh, you guys go on, lose 6-4 to four in, in that game and get bounced out. But, Pat, you went three for five, four ribbies, one double, and two hits each by Ben Smith, Jadrian uh, Keevy, Ben uh, Thiessen, and Zach Eiton, all two hits. Yeah. But uh, – how was that game, uh, Pat? What was that going up against Buckman? Uh, you guys did well, but boy, it's yeah. So um, if we'll we'll start it at the you know even before the game began, it was one of those strategies of who are we going to throw. Um, Anson's been an absolute unit for us all year. Whenever we need him in big games, he's been great. He was the strikeout leader, the single season strikeout leader this year at Southwest State. You know, so he can do it against top talent. Um, He's been great for us all year. His changeup is phenomenal. His fastball is, is upper level. Um, and so coming in, it was a thought, you know, is this the right move? What should we do? And to this day, it was the absolutely still the right move. Anson's a, a great pitcher. He's a great player. Um, if anything, it just gained him experience, and now he's going to be even better for his college season and, and going forward. Um, still, I still think about this game a little bit because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pathetic. But um, – I, I, it's one of those games where, as a competitor, you you never want to admit this, but man, they were hot when they needed to be hot. Um, I mean, there were pitches he was throwing where it's like, how did that kid hit that off the fence? And they have like a forty-six-year-old dude who hit a ball three hundred eighty feet in the air. Um, and so looking back, it's like, you know, I think we made the right move. 
we hit when we needed to hit. I think we had 15 or 16 hits that game. We just rolled into too many double plays, and we didn't score when we needed to score. Um, realistically, with 15 hits, we should have probably had six, seven, eight runs. Um, I thought defensively we played just fine. I thought Anson, like I said, threw just fine. We called it a pretty good game. We just ran into a really good hitting team, and they scored when they needed to, um, and ultimately we didn't. So it's a tough one for me. You know, I want to use strategy and talk ins and outs and some of the intrinsic details, but, man, they were just hot. Um, now, that- now, speaking of uh, speaking of hitting, you know, this is a team that, that has Noah Bozer, Jack Suska, yeah. Matt Todges, all these guys, and all yeah. three were named to the all-tournament team. Right. And Bozer's a good hitter. Todges is an excellent pitcher as well, all overall ball player. Yes, he is. He's a great player. These guys, these guys can play on the diamond, the Buckman team. So, hats off to them on a on a, on a heck of a game. But just by the fact that you guys are putting up that many hits, two each from four different guys. Pat, you had three. There's a lot of hits there. Uh, tough game to lose, but that brought the season to its end. Yeah. Uh, now, all tournament. Pat, you were needed to get one in that first inning. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jared. Oh, he's frozen. Oh, okay. I, I want to say one correction to you there, Pat. You said some 46-year-old guy. Dan and I refer to it as some kid who's 46 years old. So just, <laughs> Easy now. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? Sorry. sorry. I, as I came out of my mouth, I realized I probably should have I probably should have had a better vetting system before no, I but, Yeah, they, they can, they can okay. hit the ball. Um, now, now yeah, Pat. It's kind of like that, well, Ryan's my favorite player, just so you know. Exactly. Hey, no, I, do have, I do have a comment on that. Go so ahead. I drafted, yes. I got drafted by Young America in 2018 or 2019, whatever game we played in 17 innings in Delano. And okay. I actually was in. So Josh Lenz threw an unbelievable 13, the first 13 innings or 14 innings. And I came in, I think, in the 14th. Um, got us all the way to the 17th. And in the 17th, we picked said 46-year-old kid off of first base, but we didn't. <laughs> throw him out when he stole second. So you know what I mean? I did my slow move, my lefty slow yep. move to first. He broke. We threw the ball high to second, and he slid under it. He then moved up on a, I think, a pass ball cross-up sign. Um, me and uh, uh, who was catching at that time? Hunter Rickaby. And we got we got signs crossed up. So he moves up to third, and there's no, – Hello? Hello. Do we lose them both? Uh, Jared's going to be coming back. Uh, and then it looked like, uh, let's see if Pat just jumped off now. But what I was going to wow. say was before they come back, the all-tournament team was listed and was announced. And for Class C, uh, Pat Cheetah did make the all-tournament team. You know, he, he batted 588 and was the second highest batting average in the state. In the state wow. tournament against top pitching, he still batted 588. Zach making fun of old people. That's why he got kicked out. Yes, he's making fun of old people. Now, Zach Eiton also named. And so we had two guys named to the all-tournament team for the Watertown Red Devils. Uh, Pat's uh, here. Looks like he's joining us here now. But the all-tournament team was Zach Eiton and Pat Cheetah both made the all-tournament team for Watertown. Welcome back here, uh, Pat. Can you see me? I can't see you yet. but You can hear you. That's okay. You can hear me. Okay, good. I I was still able to hear you guys. Um, I heard that little chirp about uh, being a kid or being an old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I was going to say. Cut off when you said the guy was at third base. Yeah. So he actually stole home in the bottom or the top of the 17th inning with two outs. Okay. He did. On the throw back to the pitcher. So Hunter Rickaby lobbed the ball back to me. I tried to get it back to him as quick as I can. He slides under, safe. They end up winning by one run in the 17th inning, and that's that same guy, that same 46-year-old kid. We're going to call yeah. him a kid. <laughs> that's, that's old people rule. Yeah, so he came up after that game after Buckman beat us, and he's like, Pat, I just wanted to shake your hand and, and remind you of how I stole home two, three years ago. <laughs> so he was a good guy. That is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. And so – as you cut out there, and, and Jared's on his way back here, it looks like here he comes now. It's just naming the the all tournament team. Uh, looks like Jared's bad, but but thank you know hats off to Zach Hyten. Uh, congratulations to Pat uh, Cheetah batted 588 in the state tournament was named to the all tournament team as well. He was the second leading hitter, going 10 for 17 with five doubles. 
in the tournament. Um, so now the question is, my, my first question for the state tournament is, was it an advantage to play all your games uh, in Faribault? You're just all your games, the way it ended up, were all one one site. You never got over there to Dundas. So it's a good question. Um, my dad and I were talking about this actually recently and how the ball was really flying out of Dundas. Um, every day, every game we watched or heard about, the ball was just flying at Dundas. Um, whether it's got a magnet out to the, you know, that fence or there's a jet stream that flies behind it. Um, so I'm a little salty that we didn't get to play at Dundas because I felt like maybe a couple of those could have maybe hit a fence or, or gone over. Um, but I did enjoy, it kind of became home. You're right. Um, it did kind of become home. Verbo, I have some family from there also. Uh, but we kind of had a rhythm going. We, we took BP over at those softball fields. Um, we kind of gathered behind dugouts and we kind of got, you know, we got some familiarity with the, the location. Um, so I think that certainly helped. I think it helped with our fans too. We had a lot of fans show up. They kind of knew the central site. It was an easy, easy getaway spot. Um, guys between games, a bunch of the, the families went to bars and local restaurants. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, I guess, where I stand on if it was a positive or a negative. I would lean maybe positive just because it, it became kind of so familiar to us. The batter's yeah, eye was and, great with the trees. and Yeah. I, yeah. And Bell, yeah. Bellfield, they've, they've done a lot of work on that over the last couple of years, and it looks really sharp. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a nice and clean field. Dundas, of course, did some a lot of work on theirs, too. Uh, theirs is always a nice field to play at there at Memorial Park. Now, my question is – what's my question? Oh, recently – You've been around a while, Pat. You played a lot of amateur ball games. The umpire Larry Gallagher passed away. At I saw that. I saw that. That's sad. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say, what a what a um, a figurehead for the sport and a figurehead for umpires. I had him many many times, um, but also I'd say, you know, shoot, this is. I don't mean this to be impersonal, but man, we don't really have any umpires anymore. And when we lose these old heads who are good leaders and mentors in that sport. It's really unfortunate. I saw that. I did. I noticed that on social media the other day. So that's pretty sad. I don't really know any of the family. I don't know if you guys do at all. But or no. did you guys know him at all? No. I. I he's he worked a bunch of games when I was playing over thirty-five uh, okay. baseball. Okay. But you know, uh, he's been around a while. It is. It's sad to see an ambassador go. Same with um, with Freddie uh, last year. Freddie Rooks. Rooks. That was awful to see too. You know, we don't like losing these old heads. I think. There's a little bit to it that the old heads kind of keep this amateur sport so beautiful. Um, you know, I think I coach a lot of these kids, and I, I don't know if you guys have kids or are around kids. Kids nowadays, man, just don't seem to care about much. Um, you'll get your right. select few that really do, and they dedicate themselves, and they understand the discipline and what, what things need. But there's a lot of kids at, at some of these bigger schools. I, I coach basketball at Chanhassen. And if I told 10 kids, I need you guys to run a – an amateur sport for just let's say three weeks they'd all look at me crazy they'd all head back to their phones you know there's just no initiative there's nothing there wouldn't be anything pushing them and i think that some of us old guys got to stick around because man i think if if we hand it off to some of the some of the young crowd i worry that we might lose it or the sanctity of it so and hopefully that'll change and maybe i'm just biased and old but you know we just oh. had a Chris Gustin on the AD over at Mayor Lutheran on. Okay. Yeah. On yesterday's show. And I've known Chris for years too, but same thing. It's just like you see the same coaches, but then one coach goes, it's hard to replace them with someone who's going to connect. Is. Yep. It really is. I've seen they've gone through a lot of basketball coaches over there. On the men's side, they have. Yeah. At Mayor yeah. Lutheran. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just got a new one starting this year now. Yeah. Yeah. He's another new guy this year, isn't he? That's right. Yep. Yep. And man, they have some talent through there. They bring some athletes in through that school. Yeah, I and like we were saying though, the we talk about how the football is going to go long this year for high school. How he's saying how that's affecting the men's basketball program. So it's another week out, we can't get players in. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Okay, I got the video yeah. back. Here we go. There we okay, there we go. We're back. We're back. Now next year's tournament, uh, Litchfield, Dassel, and Delano are hosting it. Yep. So kind of a home field in a way with Delano, distance wise for the fans. So that'd be kind of nice. That would be cool. Yep. Delano's put that nice little uh, bench area outside the the wall there. The fences. Party decks. Uh, are, are we going to get one of those? A party deck out there in, <laughs> at, at 420 High Street. Um, we'll say this: they're actually um, so with the park board, and then Brad and Jared, and then also Ryan Truckee and the Little League organization. Um, I'm also a varsity assistant with Watertown um, Baseball, and we we have a good thing going. There's a good cohesion right now. There's actually a 
I don't know if I'm supposed to relay this, but there's a plan in place with quite a bit of money um, to upgrade. Um, the reason for the upgrade is exactly what you said. They see what's going on around the area. Waconia Delano hosting, you know, shoot, when Waconia hosted it to, or last year, what do you think? How many individuals and families came through that community on three straight weekends? You know, like hitting the subway, hitting the Dairy Queen, going to the local bars, the restaurants. And um, dealing with that construction around the high school then too. Right, right. Okay. Um, and so they saw that and they're seeing, you know, the 3,000 people show up to the, the town ball tour up at Highland. And I think they understand what you really can do if you just have some community involvement. And if it's baseball, let it be baseball. And so there's some things going on right now that there'll be a party deck, hopefully down the right field line. Um, and then a batter's eye and upgraded bathrooms. And yeah, there's, there's things going on. So now in 24, your Watertown's hosting the seven C tournament, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So hopefully have that stuff done by then. Um, and then also we're looking to maybe host a couple Legion tournaments and, and get in. Um, Delano came to us, I think this past year, and they're trying to put in again for another state tourney bid. So it'd probably be, what are they, what are they out to right now? Do you guys remember? Um, I was just looking at your thread. Oh, where's my screen for that? 27? Is that something right? I think it's up to 27. Uh, They're all through 28. Okay, so Delano came to us um, this past summer, I believe, Brad said, and really would like to see us try to jump in with them. Um, oh, co-host. I, I don't know if I was supposed to relay that to uh, – podcast i guess i don't really have the tightest lips huh so yeah. that, that's okay we'll have to have you on more often then. yeah yeah well, <laughs> hey, you're gonna know, jordan jordan has it in 24 and 26 so oh really okay yeah i mean it's a great ballpark they did all that work. yeah they're putting a lot of work out there at the met so yeah i mean delano's the creme de la creme you know like i love playing over there people love going to games there it's local to the cities same with Waconia, same with jordan um that was the one thing about fairball that kind of was tough you know it was down there a ways yeah um, it just was it just didn't seem i don't know it's harder to get fans there it's it's harder it's not as central centrally located um you know some people like to pop out to delano because then they can be back in the cities in 25 minutes but um right. it was great i'm glad fairball got it they probably had a good bounce in their community we went to a bar one night i know so um yeah it was fun yeah it's hey, it's, it's, it's fun stuff jared's back jared we're just talking about the uh the future years of the uh, state tournament uh who's all being hosted this next year, Delano Litchfield uh, Dazzle, uh, Dazzle, I should say, is 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 going to be hosting it this next year. How about the Region Seven C? Where's that this coming year? Um, shoot, where is that? Amber? I think it's Brown. Amber? Brown? Oh, I, it, I thought it was Brown because we were we were uh, we were voicing our opinion that we need a helicopter to get to Brown because it's so dang far. Yeah, <laughs> Brown this year, if I remember right. And now uh, you know, Plato, Plato now has the lights for the night games. Hamburg's always a good location. Green Isle's always uh, uh, good stuff. So it, it's fun for us as fans following the core because the stadiums and the locations themselves are all, all jackpot. Uh, Wilson did a good well, job. That, that whole group area, the whole group strip right there is just I agree. great baseball line. I agree. It's, it's, it's a fun yeah. place to watch good locales, uh, each one of these uh, locations. Uh, do you guys have any questions uh, for us uh, before we wrap up? So how frequent, how frequent do you guys do stuff and how frequent do you guys dabble into what's kind of your niche? You know, are you guys, I've, you know, obviously I've followed you guys on social media for a while now. Yeah. I've been to a few different places, but what is kind of your niche? We do a, a lot of baseball stuff mostly. Um, okay. We're not very big in the NFL or NBA, um, okay. so don't hold your breath waiting for any of that stuff. Okay. College sports, like the local colleges, um, Bemidji State, Beavers, uh, North Dakota Bison, we kind of make those our hometown teams, cover those guys, okay. all their sports. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, admit it, I'm a redneck, so NASCAR and pro wrestling, I cover that too. <laughs> Another show, so I'll do I, special I do episodes midweek on that. I do cover some spring football guys xfl usfl yep. not many people cover that so we try to get that in the mix but uh for us it's a lot of town ball a lot of town ball baseball in the summertime fills up our schedules um and and the end you know major league baseball in the off season you know we're gonna have a show coming up 
on the Rule Five draft for God's sakes. You know, wow. stuff that no one covers. So we, we dig no down guys, deep. Right. Yeah. We dig down deep. Okay, I like it. Um, we'll have to get you some gear. So if you guys are willing to rep some stuff, we'll uh, we'll get you some gear. And then yeah. if you guys are obviously local, stop by anytime. We'll, yep. we'll let you guys yep. know. Yeah, down to our Legends on Main. Attention to yep. sports and songs. Jerry calls. We'll pick it up. We'll wear it on the show. We we ain't yep. proud. And then what we've got next in the month of December, gentlemen, and you're invited. As far as I know from Jared, you guys are already in. But we're doing a baseball roundtable discussion, hot stove. And we're going to talk town ball baseball next month for the 2023 season to incorporate some of the new information. Class A combining with Class B for the state. Uh, Mount West Tonka joining the Crow River. Norwood becoming an official team now as well. You know, some of that kind of Crow River stuff, hot stove baseball. We invite you both uh, for that uh, discussion next month. Fun. That would be a blast. Awesome. That would be awesome. awesome. Yeah. All right, if guys. You guys aren't doing it, if you guys aren't doing anything on uh, Saturday, we got two Red Devils playing in the state football tournament and Wyatt and Wyatt McCabe and Albert Rundell. Oh, uh, really? For Watertown. Yeah. So. We're going to be there. Saturday. We're covering yep, we'll Saturday, that yeah. game at 4.30 p.m. this Saturday cool. at U.S. Bank. We'll be covering for our show. All right. Cool. We'll see you there. I'm going to mention old people right now. Real old people. Real quick. You talk about Rondell quarterback. We're looking through the paper. My wife's reading it. She goes, I had him as a preschooler when I was teaching preschool. Yes. All of her old preschoolers are on the high school team now. So oh, She's going to go there and go, I remember that. So if you want little stories about him when he was like four and five, well, let, let me know. Encouraging <laughs> <laughs> um, stories when he was a preschooler. Look you up. I had his dad as my head football coach um, in high school, and so we've oh. we've got yeah okay. we've gotten pretty close with their family. They're they're really okay. good people. That's they're awesome. good folks. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, does your wife teach in the school district? All right. I'm sorry. Does your wife teach in the school district? Yeah, she did until this year. She was a preschool teacher at uh, in Watertown here at okay. Kids Company, okay. and she also taught at um the one church here in town to at Trinity for a few years. Yeah. So Jared's got she's teaching back out in South Carolina. So Jared, yep. what, is, what grades Duke in? He's in kindergarten now, but he was at the he was at the primary last year. So yep, yep, Lisa was up there. You know. So we probably got some stories on him too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, she's got I'm sure. Any preschool teacher around here, they could sell it. They could write a book that would embarrass you people so bad. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah. Don't push me, boys. I get the stories. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe we'll hold that gear back, too, then. <laughs> <laughs> Wait now. Oh. There's no story. <laughs> Only good stories. Oh, Jared, right, gentlemen, we thank you. We thank you for your time. I loose yeah. lipped some, uh, some of the projects at Highland, so I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, ouch, ouch. Well, I was cut. Yeah, well, 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 thank uh, Jared Dusky uh, here, uh, Pat Cheetah, and uh, for their time for Watertown Red Devils. We'll be following them for Class C in 2023 again, and uh, we'll be doing a pregame, uh, preseason preview for the Crow River sometime in May of next year. So we look for you then. But thanks again, guys, for joining us. Thank you, boys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, see you guys. Yeah. See you.